You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One projected week one starter from the Chicago Bears has been missing from preseason and training camp practices for over a week now. And we have some questions as to whether or not he'll end up on the bubble with some of the other top names still competing for final spots on this 53-man roster. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group. And make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video content as well. On the show today, we jump around to some of the biggest position groups and individual players fighting for their spot on this Bears roster entering this final preseason game. We'll start with the absence of one cornerback, Desmond Trufant, for what turns out to be some very difficult personal reasons, but it has some real ramifications on this Bears starting lineup and the roster for Week 1 and beyond. So we'll kind of check in on how the Bears are functioning at cornerback and where that depth chart may lie come Week 1. Then we'll turn our attention to linebacker, where the newcomer, Alec Ogletree, has really emerged, especially at practice and now potentially pushing a former draft pick off of the roster. Some of the other inside linebackers potentially at risk of losing their spot to a guy that just showed up, what, three weeks ago, already making some pretty big waves. And we'll wrap up with the preseason hero of the year so far, wide receiver Rodney Adams. A fun story, a great player worth rooting for, but... We'll explain why his chances to make the 53-man roster still seem pretty slim. We'll start with this cornerback competition, though, because as of late, at practice and, of course, in all the preseason games, it has been a heavy dose of Kendall Vildor, the fifth-round pick from two years ago, really seeming to emerge with that top spot. But over the last week or so, we have seen Artie Burns, the former Pittsburgh Steelers first-round pick, start to get a little bit of run in that depth chart competition as well. We thought that Desmond Trufant would be perhaps the de facto week one starter, the the favorite, the most experienced. He's been a starter very recently, and and of course, Vildor has never been an NFL starter, and Burns hasn't been in a few seasons after sort of falling out of favor in Pittsburgh. But he has been missing Desmond Trufant from Bears practice for over a week now with what the team was calling personal reasons. And, uh, you know, of course, you want to give a player privacy and and all that, but it doesn't take a private investigator to discover that Artie Burns' father, excuse me, Desmond Trufant's father passed away recently. I don't know the exact date. I think the funeral was supposed to be this week. Passed away a week or so ago, and obviously there had to have been some sort of run-up there that's kept... Trufant away from the team. It's awful situation. Very sad. You feel for him. It's a completely justified absence. And, you know, you're not going to rush him back by any means. Let him take as much time as he absolutely can with his family. But it does, you know, from the Chicago Bears standpoint, the season still goes on with or without Desmond Trufant. And it does leave them in kind of a tough spot because they have to decide who their starting cornerback is going to be and how many cornerbacks they're going to keep on the 53-man roster. 
Here's how head coach Matt Nagy addressed the situation yesterday. I know it's uh, I know it's been difficult for him. You know, he wants to be here, but he does. You know, he has a, a personal. Uh, he's out for personal reasons, and and we all support him with with that. And uh, I just think that um, the one thing that he has is he has that experience, and we know that it would be great to be able to see him out here. But at the same point in time, that's life, and that's where we're at. So we'll just have to, when it comes down to it, see where his status is, and and just that'll be something that that Ryan and all of us will talk through. Again, we offer our complete condolences to Desmond Trufant and his family, and I don't want to overlook that or trivialize it in, in any way, shape, or form, the difficult situation he has to be dealing with at a very difficult time of year for him and his career, and, and trying to balance all that just seems impossible, and I, I want what's best for him, but we have to sort of look at this from a Bears perspective, and I think the real challenge here that Matt Nagy was hinting at was like just not knowing exactly when he's going to be back and, and how much time he's going to need, and of course he should take as much time as he absolutely does, but again... The team has to sort of get ready for week one with or without him. He's, he's been an eight-year starter in the NFL, even though he had a down year last year. He's, he's got a spot on this roster if he's, if he's here, if he's going to be a part of the team this season. He has, I'm sure, some very difficult decisions to make in his personal life. But can you start him week one if he doesn't practice, right? If he comes back in a couple of weeks here before the first game but hasn't been practicing for you know close to a month, can you throw him out there in the starting lineup, or do you give the job to Kendall Vildor or maybe Artie Burns, depending on how you feel about that competition? And then when does Desmond Trufant go in then? I mean, do you then bench one of them, you know, your other starter, after two or three weeks when Trufant is ready? Or do you leave Vildor or Burns out there, and as long as they're playing well, they keep the job, and Desmond Trufant plays the season on the bench? I mean, would he rather then be released and go somewhere where he might have a better opportunity to start? Right? I mean, there's just a lot of these sort of conflicting dynamics as to how you might handle this group. It still feels like, as of now, there's room for all these guys on the 53-man roster. You've got Jalen Johnson and Kendall Vildor, potentially, or Artie Burns. I mean, kind of pick your pick your order here. But say it's, it's Johnson and Vildor as your starters. Then you can still have Duke Shelley, potentially, as your slot cornerback. Artie Burns and Desmond Trufant, cornerbacks four and five. And then probably the rookie, Thomas Graham Jr., as your cornerback six. Play some special teams in there. He made that diving near interception in the second preseason game. Seems to be a, a flashing quite a bit. It'll, we'll see how they sort of classify Marquis Christian, who's listed as a safety, but has played a lot of slot, slot cornerback for them. So if he sticks on as a number five safety, or maybe they consider him a number six cornerback, good, there could be a little bit of potential movement there. But that's about where I think this cornerback group is. None of the other guys are really emerging in a way to... to crack that 53-man roster. So I think it's more just a matter of figuring out the order at this point. Who starts? Where does Desmond Trufant fit in? And, and does that lineup change at all as this season goes on? It's a much less clear, I think, at the inside linebacker in particular with some injury dynamics and now some veterans in there. And really, the focus has been on Alec Ogletree's emergence. We'll break down his performances and how that might affect Joel E.A. Booneyway and others next. On Locked On Bears. Much like the strangeness at cornerback, we haven't seen Danny Trevathan or Roquan Smith play at all during the preseason so far. Some of it has just been sort of, you know, injury given to veterans the day off for somebody like Danny Trevathan. 
Roquan Smith, a guy that doesn't really need the preseason reps at this stage in his career. And so in their absence, it's been Alec Ogletree and Christian Jones as the Bears starting inside linebackers for these preseason games. And it was surprising to me that Alec Ogletree gets signed, I believe, August 4th. And 10 days later, he is your starting inside linebacker in the first preseason game against the Miami Dolphins, despite this being year four for Joel E.A. Buniway and Josh Woods as a former undrafted free agent. For me, it instantly signals a pretty bad sign for both of those guys. And we've been talking about this throughout the offseason. When they sign Christian Jones a little bit later in the process, that signals perhaps a lack of confidence in your younger linebackers. And then you add Alec Ogletree on top of that. It really kind of shows just how the Bears like them on special teams, it seems. Iggy and Woods both played a lot of special teams last season, but anytime there's an opportunity to get a different linebacker on defense, it has not been Iggy or Woods. Even last year was Manti Teo against the Saints in a playoff game signed off the street. So clearly Ogletree seems to be sort of the the next iteration of that. And when the Bears first signed Alec Ogletree, I, I came on this very podcast and I was critical of him. I, I'm still trying to set low expectations for him because he has... He's been limited, I think, throughout his NFL career. But the Chicago Bears have been particularly impressed. Matt Nagy really quite fired up about him. And I think some of that might be a little bit more based on what they see at practice that we, don't, we only get to see what he does in the preseason games. Yeah, he's played well, and, and that's all you can do. You know, I, I think for Danny, Danny is, is working through all of his stuff right now. And uh, in the end, we, wanna, you know, we, we love Danny to death, and we understand the, the leader that he is, the player that he is. But... Um, you know, Tree has come out here since day one. I mean, he's had like seven, eight picks, and he's continued to just play fast. So that we want to create depth. We want to have that for our, our players there uh, defensively, and I think he's done a great job of letting us know that depending on where Danny is, uh, status-wise, health-wise, et cetera, we feel good with the way that Tree's played. So you can sense a real level of excitement about Alec Ogletree there from Matt Nagy. And I'd still argue He's been about the same guy as we expected in the preseason games, but you know it is a very limited sample size, and the Bears, like I think Nagy referenced, some, a bunch of turnovers he's made in practice, and they, they see more of him than we do, so I'm not out here trying to say that I instantly know better than everything the Bears might be seeing. It is preseason games, after all. He's not, like we talk about with Andy Dalton and some of the other players, he's not being really schemed up. They're not game planning all that much. They're playing very vanilla coverage. You're not really putting your linebackers there in the best position to be successful, so we're not seeing the best Alec Ogletree we could see. But also, seems like maybe this could be someone who's a better practice player than in-game player because we saw a couple of missed tackles against the Dolphins, gave up some really big catches in that game as well, and something about when the live bolts are firing and, and having to actually make that hit and that tackle, you're not doing that as much in practice, so it's easy for an athletic linebacker to maybe stand out a little bit more and play a little bit more aggressive when there aren't measurable repercussions for you know being out of position here and there. It's it's a little bit easier to be an individual star there as it is in a game situation where you, you have to more do your job and you can't always be the hero and go after the ball. You need to sort of just do your responsibility and let the team defense really make some plays. But I think that might be overshadowing a little bit of the bigger issue that emerged there from Matt Nagy, and that was Danny Trevathan. It sounds like there's a real concern there. The way they talk about him, it was almost like he's a grandpa. Like, you're like, like they're wondering, like, how, how available he's going to be. Like, we all love Danny, and he's a great leader. We just... 
we got to be prepared for when he's gone, you know, like he, he might not make it. It was just kind of this weird, like acceptance of, yeah, he's old and un, unreliable, like in terms of health. I mean, maybe they still expect him to play at a high level when he's on the field. It's just, we're, we haven't even gotten to the regular season yet. And there's already these questions about maybe how much regular season play he'll get to be. So if Alec Ogletree is going to stick as your top backup, if they have the most faith in him as that Danny Trevathan replacement, I'm interested in how that fits with the rest of the roster because Ogletree throughout his career has been a starting linebacker pretty much every season that he's played. And so he's never been asked to to play a lot of special teams. But typically, your backup inside linebackers are almost four-phase special teams players. Joel Iebunyue and Josh Woods have been some of the most consistent special teams players on the Bears over the last few seasons. That's why they keep sticking on this 53-man roster. So if you're keeping Alec Ogletree to be the Danny Trevathan fill-in, then maybe you have to keep five inside linebackers. And maybe that keeps a spot for Iebunyue or Woods, assuming that Christian Jones is probably going to be inside linebacker number four when you start looking at, at where the depth chart is. I mean, we've seen... Caleb Johnson come in and get quite some run in recent games, but I, I don't get the impression that he's super locked into a 53-man roster spot. I think Joel E.A. Booneyway is probably ahead of Woods in terms of playing time and quality that we've seen, and also Woods is much easier to stash on the practice squad than a guy like E.A. Booneyway who does have the draft pick cachet carrying him that another team might be a little bit more interested in trying to sign him and give them a shot on the 53-man roster as opposed to someone like Josh Woods. But let's not overlook the importance of special teams when it comes to these guys making the bottom of the 53-man roster. It's how a lot of these guys get their first crack before they can eventually work their way into the starting lineup. And I think it's especially important with the skill position players. So you look on the other side of the ball, we'll take a a closer look specifically at a guy like Rodney Adams and his chances of making this final roster next on Locked On Bears. Regular season football is right around the corner. And as always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They always have updated odds, prop bets, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Be sure to also take advantage of their opening day super promo. If you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opening against the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, if you lose your bet, betonline.ag will refund your wager up to $25. You just have to sign up and enter their promo code NFL100. And that NFL100 promo code will also get you a 100% welcome bonus matching your first deposit. So from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Two of the biggest plays we've seen for the Chicago Bears this preseason have both been wide receiver Rodney Adams making some pretty difficult catches. One of them going for was, I think, a 73-yard touchdown catch and run from Andy Dalton. And, you know, a couple weeks ago on the podcast, we we talked about, like, uh, Chicago Bears preseason heroes, the guys that every year the fan base falls in love with because they really shine during this time of year. Rodney Adams, definitely the 
house leader this year for that preseason, you know, training camp fan favorite Hall of Fame type hero this time of year. But all that being said, I would bet quite a bit of money that he's not going to make this Bears 53-man roster. I'm sorry to say so. He's a great story. He's he's a guy I, I definitely am rooting for. But this same thing happens every year, and it seems like fan base and, and some media members fall for it every time. He's a great story, a great guy. You know, he, His wife gave birth like the day before the last preseason game, and he was at the hospital, spent the night there, and you know, didn't really get much sleep and came out and still had a big performance. And he kind of he had a press conference the other day. He's really likable, easy to get along with, and just like a funny guy and really down to earth and is so grateful for his opportunities, right? There's everything you want to like about Rodney Adams. Even when you hear Matt Nagy talk about him, he sounds like Matt Nagy is talking about a guy that, just by Matt Nagy's words, you would think would make the 53-man roster. He's a, he's a really humble kid. Uh, he's very appreciative of this opportunity. I think Coach Furry's done a great job of, of developing him and giving him opportunities. And to Rodney's credit, he's taken advantage of it. And he had, he's had, now back-to-back games, two phenomenal catches and, and special catches. So you, you, you root for guys like that. And he's obviously, too, going through some things and just having a baby and, and you know, not sleeping much. And it just shows his resiliency. But I like where he's at. What in his skill set intrigues you most? He's got speed. He's, he's, got, uh, he's got consistent hands. He's learning the offense, and he's growing fast at that pace. You know, like he's, he's understanding the conversions and what we do. And, and he cares. He cares, and he's a great teammate. So he's got a lot of strong. So to make it clear, like I absolutely am rooting for Rodney Adams. I mean, I just really think the reality here is that the roster dynamics are playing against him. Absolutely think practice squad almost inevitable the way that, again, Nagy talks about him and some of the flashes that we've seen. There's a, a clear desire, I think, to keep him around in some way, shape, or form, but the big reason why you put him on the practice squad and not the 53-man roster is because no one, no one's going to poach him just based off of a couple of preseason games is not enough for another team to say, you know what, we're going to keep, we're going to take Rodney Adams over some of, some other wide receiver or some other player that we knew that we wanted to keep on our 53-man roster that we think Rodney Adams, based off of a couple of catches in a couple of preseason games, is enough to put him on their 53-man roster. We see this every year, just like with Daniel Braverman, Tanner Gentry, I mean, even, I think, Dane Sonsenbacher before that. A lot of these receivers especially, but at other positions too, they have a strong training camp, they have a strong preseason, they get cut before the regular season. Bears fans go up in arms and say, oh, you're going to lose this developmental guy that you have, and you can still put him on the practice squad. It happens all the time. Because if you're trying to say, like, Rodney Adams versus... Riley Ridley, if the Bears tried to stash Riley Ridley, another team might say, oh, well, we had a high draft grade on Ridley, and we haven't gotten to see him really on the field. Let's take a chance on him because we have more tape behind that to say, yes, he is more valuable than a Rodney Adams, that every team had an opportunity to sign as an undrafted free agent and as a regular free agent and chose not to or, or didn't pursue him in the way that the Chicago Bears did. There would be much more interest in someone like Ridley that it would be more difficult to stash. Other big issue with Rodney Adams here. Again, rooting for him. But backup wide receivers need to play special teams. And through two preseason games, he's played nine snaps of special teams. It's not really enough to prove that he's capable of there. The Bears have instead 
looked at other players, given them more run at special teams to see how they may have a better shot at the 53-man roster and contributing in that way. It just doesn't seem to me like Adams is in this position to stick as wide receiver six. And I think compared to like a running back like Khalil Herbert, who's played, I think, the fourth most special team snaps of any Bears players. It's been like a linebacker and a couple defensive backs and then Khalil Herbert, I think the most of any offensive player, has been your rookie running back, kind of a special teams guy that was a return man, and that's how he's going to make this 53-man roster if he's going to make it. I really think he's got a spot here in large part because of that special teams with or without Tariq Cohen on this roster with due to his injury situation, that if Herbert wasn't playing special teams and was just a running back, you can't have your fourth running back on the roster not helping on special teams. They'd just be inactive all the time. And I just think it's a very similar dynamic with Rodney Adams. Unless something drastically changes and he plays all special teams in the third game and, and lights it up and makes some big plays and really sort of shows that he can be that well-rounded bottom-of-the-roster wide receiver. really think practice squad is a, a much more likely situation for him. And then, you know, you have other guys at receiver ahead of him. You've got, you know, Demir Bird and, and Marquise Goodwin are probably the third and fourth wide receivers. Riley Ridley, like we talked about, not as easily stashed. Javon Wims has been a four-phase special teams player as of late for the Bears, so he's already got a little bit more of a, a head start in that regard. Daz Newsom, the sixth-round pick, I still think he could be practice squad destined as well, depending on how they feel about Ridley and Wims. I mean, any of those guys at this point are a little bit more interchangeable. I hope to see Rodney Adams stick around on the practice squad one way or another. I just think he's much more in that Gentry Braverman category that is a developmental guy worth keeping, but all the preseason heroics you can make don't make up for some of the larger roster dynamics that are really working against him. But of course, as we get closer to roster cutdown day, we'll keep a close eye on all of the big moves the Bears might make. So make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. I appreciate everyone who's been tuning in on our YouTube channel. Really starting to build some momentum there with the videos, with the podcasts coming out in video form there. Love all the engagement in terms of the comments and the likes and the subscribers. Really appreciate everyone who's been following along there. Of course, the podcast is free and available on all platforms. So however you want to listen to the show, we appreciate it no matter how you go about it. And I hope in exchange, listening to the Locked On Bears podcast makes it a little bit easier for you to bear down.